Hi everyone, it's Melissa Pemberton here, host of Mending Families, where we will talk all things parenting, trauma, and healing. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mending Family. Before we jump into today's episode, can you do me a huge favor and subscribe to this podcast? It really helps out too if you give a review. It will just help other people find this podcast. And ultimately, my heart is to reach more people to better understand trauma, how it affects parenting, and ways that we can make healthier choices as we parent. On today's episode, I talked to my friend Cassie Day, and she will share with you her journey on foster parenting, adoption, how she discovered TBRI, and how yoga was something that she realized she actually loved. All right, you guys, stay tuned to the very end because Cassie gives us some good resources that you might want to look into. Here we go. Hi, Cassie. Hey. Welcome. I'm so excited you're here. Thanks for having me. I mean, of course, anytime. (laughs) Um, So Cassie, you and I know each other because you're one of my besties. Is this an accurate statement? This is a fact. Yeah. Yes. yes. Love fact. that for us. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but our listeners don't know who you are. So can you introduce yourself? Yeah. My name is Cassie Day. I am a mom to three super awesome kids. I am a real estate agent um, working in the West Plains area. And yeah, I teach yoga. Um, haven't in a while, but would like to get back into it because, you know, COVID, um, I think those are the main details. Okay. And you forgot to say you're a shining star. I am a shining star. You are a shining star. I was going to say something else, but then I was like, it's not G rated. So then I, okay. Okay. I'd love that for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I just want to start with something fun. So I know about you that you love your job. You love real estate. You Mm -hmm. love true crime. I do. And you also have a podcast. I do have a podcast. Yes. And so I, first of all, tell us about your podcast. And second of all, tell me all about how you decided to do season two, which is all about true crime and real estate. It's like a sandwich. They're mushed together. Tell me about that. It's all the best things. I know. Um, so my one of my other besties, mm-hmm, who is mm-hmm. one of our neighbors, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is my real estate broker. So that means she's like the one who oversees our whole office. And her, I, and then our friend Allie were chatting. And Allie was like, you guys, we should do a podcast. Because there's just no good real estate podcasts that we've found that are just relatable. And, and so we had this crazy idea. Um, and then we were like, well, let's just do it. So it's called agents unfiltered. And our first season is just kind of like talking about different, um, real estate related things, introducing ourselves. And our goal was to just have information available to real estate agents. That's helpful. And also, you know, if you're not a real estate agent, you can listen and it's interesting. Yeah, because I do. I do listen. And I actually have learned quite a bit. So there you go. (laughs) You don't have to be a real estate agent to listen. But then we were kind of running into this problem of running out of content. Mm. Because, you know, it's like with real estate, it's hard to find stuff to talk about on a podcast and not feel like you're repeating yourself. Mm -hmm. 
And so we were just kind of brainstorming, how can we stand out? What's something that's not out there right now? We really want to talk about real estate. And so Danielle had this idea of every week we talk about a different real estate related court case and dive into the ins and outs, how it ended. And so, because we're never going to run out of content. No. Super interesting. Super interesting. Not another real estate podcast that we found that is covering real estate cases. And it's just super fun. So that is season two. There's some really interesting episodes. Um, So you should definitely check it out. Agents Unfiltered. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. So I have just loved watching you. We've known each other for eight years now. And I have loved just watching you grow as a human, as a parent, as a friend in so many ways. And I just, from my perspective, I feel like you are like living your best life. And of course there's always hard in that, but I just feel like you are really coming into who you truly are. And I love that. So with that, we're going to go back a little bit (laughs) (laughs) because we are talking about growth and healing. And so you wouldn't be where you are today without some of the things that you've experienced. So can we go back to when you were first married and you had little Willow and what was life like for you at that point? Oh my gosh. It was so stressful. That Mm -hmm. is like one of the harder seasons, I think, of my adult life because I did not intend to get pregnant so young. Mm -hmm. I got married at 18, which is very young. And I didn't want to have kids until I was like 25 plus, Mm -hmm. but just, you know, had some issues with my birth control. So I ended up being a mom at 20. Surprise. so young. I cried. I cried when I took the pregnancy test and they were not happy tears. Yeah. I get that. (laughs) Like just being real. I did not feel ready to be a mom. I did not feel like I had my life together, Mm -hmm. but it was what it was. And so Willow was born when I was 20 and she was a tough baby. Mm. She cried a lot for the first eight months. It was a lot of walking. She wanted to be held and bounced. So I just felt like I spent most nights walking the hallways of my little apartment, just bouncing her. And my husband at the time worked graveyards. And so most of it fell on me. Yeah. And it was just exhausting. I remember thinking, I don't know if I'm going to survive this. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like that, huh? Okay. So you're kind of in the, in the, the thick of it, your new, new mama. At what point did you and your ex-husband decide, Hey, I think we're going to be foster parents. Oh my gosh. I don't even re- like, it's crazy to me that we thought, not that I have any regrets cause I love it, but you just have no idea what you're getting yourself yeah. into. Yeah. But we had so many people in our lives who were foster parents and I have, you know, just some fertility issues. And so if we wanted to grow our family, that was the way that we could do it. And through having friends be foster parents, we got to meet these really cool kids and just were like wanting to give them a safe home. We felt like we had that to offer. I think Willow, when we got our license, Willow was almost four. Okay. 
So by then, and she was the easiest kid once we got past her screaming. That baby, yeah. <laughs> once yeah. we got her past the screaming days at about eight months, she was happy and smart and bubbly and sweet. And so we were like, you know, we want to grow our family. And this seems like a natural way to do it where we're helping love other kiddos and, you know, potentially could end up with more forever kiddos. Mm -hmm. and it just felt like the good, the, the right next step for us at the time. Um, I don't think you ever realize how intensive it's going to be going yeah. into it, but I'm yeah. so glad that we did. I can't imagine, sure. you know, my family without my, all of my kiddos. Yeah. You said at one point, um, that not today, but to me yes. <laughs> that it was through your first few years of fostering that you realized maybe we don't have this all dialed in and maybe yeah. there's things to be working on. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I think that, um, being a foster parent, kind of, and I, being a parent in general, but there's something about being a foster parent that really puts a microscope on your childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that I thought up until that point that I was fine and that, you know, I didn't really need any sort of counseling or anything. Cause I had my, I had a child, we were foster parents, we had our lives together. So I thought, Mm -hmm. And there's something about raising kids from trauma and their stuff yes. that just really makes you realize how much you don't have it all together. And I started to have, you know, some memories popping up and mm -hmm. some old things popping up. And it started to bring me to a place of I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think that parenting, I don't think that I am doing well. And how do I parent these kids if I'm not okay? Yeah. And so that was what kind of got me started down that road. So where did you start then? So I started by looking for a counselor. Okay. Um, and the first one that I met with was not a love connection. Um, I think that I, I even realized it wasn't a love connection. Our first counseling session, I just laid my whole background on the table for her. I told my uh -huh. whole background story you know, stoically without feeling. And she was like, I don't really know why you're here. You oh, seem geez. to have your life together. I don't, I don't really think that you need to be here. It seems like you're handling life great. And so I left feeling really proud and like, oh yeah, I've got this. Mm -hmm. And then very shortly after was like, I don't have this. Yeah. And so then I found a new counselor and she was like, oh, you're fully dissociated. Let's dig mm -hmm. into that. Mm -hmm. Let's start talking through your past and working through, you know, what's going on. And that's when I started some EMDR work, which is incredibly amazing if you have your own trauma. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah. I had never heard of EMDR until mm -hmm. the counselor mentioned it. Now I feel like I hear it all the time. Yeah. Um, but I the way that we carry trauma in our bodies um if we're triggered it immediately sends us to fight flight or freeze right yeah, and yeah. i was like having panic attacks mm -hmm. and it was it was so affecting my daily life and doing emdr made it so that if i was triggered by something if something came up it didn't completely send me over the edge sure. it was yeah. like still triggering still hard still needed to talk through the feelings but i didn't feel like i wasn't in control and i didn't feel like i was back in the same moment that also felt like that from my childhood and so it's really incredible it's okay. hard oh gosh it's hard but yeah. it's so worth it okay and how long did you do emdr 
Or are you still doing EMDR? Um, I haven't for a while. I okay. did. I did go back and do some more, um, maybe like a year or so ago when I had some new stuff come up, but I think I probably did it for a couple of years, like the EMDR side of it. You started with yourself. You started with, I need to look at me first. So how can I move forward in that? And then what? Then I think once you start working on yourself, you have more of a grasp on parenting your kiddos from hard places Mm -hmm. and being able to function in life without feeling like you're constantly in survival mode and you know like even being able to sleep that was a huge issue that i had of just not sleeping and that affects your ability for all sorts of day-to-day life stuff and so it just helped my whole self so that i could show up for my kids well so that i could handle their their trauma popping up and not feel like it was pushing me underwater Sure. Okay. So you are a fan of TBRI. Yes. yes, So can you tell me about when you first heard about that and how you started to implement that into your home? Yeah. I heard about TBRI just through the foster parent world. I had gone to a conference um, because part of being a foster parent is you have to be doing, you know, work and trainings. And so there was a TBRI conference and I went to it and just so many new perspectives that I hadn't thought of on how to parent these kiddos from hard places. It was super healing for me and learning about attachment styles and how that affects the way that we attach to other people. And just really like the biggest thing I think that I took from it and still hold to is not seeing behaviors as like my kiddo being naughty, but as a need that needs to be met. So if they're acting out, it's not that they're a bad kid. It's not that they're just so terrible or, oh my gosh, they're just being so bad today. It's that they have an unmet need. And so it's like being an investigator and trying to get to the bottom of what is it that you're needing? Like, what is it that you are, what's making you feel unsafe? And when we can regard our kiddos like that, it's so much easier to handle the really hard moments because a we're looking at them from a place of compassion as Mm -hmm. opposed from a place of anger and b they're feeling seen and heard and are able to bounce back faster can you think of a time where you're thankful that you had tbri in your back pocket as a tool i think especially with my with my youngest who's got some sensory processing stuff he is just a wild, busy boy. And Mm -hmm. I think if I didn't have TBRI, I would have regarded him throughout his years of being younger as just this little troublemaker. And he is the sweetest, kindest, most relational little love. And I... I feel like I would have lost this, like the sweet relationship that we have if I had regarded him as this naughty kid who was always getting into trouble. You know, I think it was like so helpful in me being able to see him for who he really was past the behaviors and him yeah. just trying to feel safe and regulate. What about with the school system? Do you feel like that you run into barriers with the school system with them understanding trauma? I think with with my youngest, we've had a really good run of really incredible teachers who can 
Because if you take the time to get to know my youngest, his name is Sawyer. He is the funniest mm-hmm. little kid. So little funny. He's the best. <laughs> I shouldn't say little boy. He's turning nine tomorrow, but he just will always be my little baby. I know. Yeah. Um, he's so cute. Mm-hmm. So if you take the time to get to know him, he is like loyal for life. He is the sweetest little thing. Um, and every teacher he's ever had has taken the time to build a relationship with him and can see him for who he is. And we have him established on an IEP. The one barrier that we ran into that was really frustrating was wanting to hold him back a grade after COVID. And the school was not helpful in that sense, which it's he's got support and we're doing well, but I think it would have been really beneficial for him. And that was a battle that I could not win. <laughs> yeah, that's um, so hard. Yeah, with my oldest, um, it was a lot harder for her in like having the school understand, especially in elementary school, um, better in middle school for sure, um, especially before we fully understood the way that her brain worked, um, that she was a, wasn't a bad kid. She just was having a hard time controlling her body. And so you definitely have to become a master advocator for your kiddos when they yeah. struggle. <laughs> I know. And I think that's one thing that none of us are really prepared for. Like, no. I think we, we're supposed to trust the school system. We're supposed to trust that whatever they're, they know what's best. They're the professionals, but I think it's okay for us to be the professional about our kids' needs. One thing that I've worked a lot on in my life is not being a people pleaser, not wanting yeah. to always keep the waters calm around me and feeling like I'm responsible for keeping everybody calm and happy. And it's hard for me to step out of that and put on my my yeah. boss curl pants. And totally. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It really pushes me out of my comfort zone, which of course I'm gonna fight for my kids. Yeah. But it's just it's tough. Okay, so where did yoga come into play then? Where did that it, was that part of your healing journey or was that just something that you were like, this is my next adventure? Yeah. So I was actually like a fitness instructor before I was a yoga instructor Um, and just found so much healing in moving my body, exercising, finding physical strength along with all of the other strength. And um, if you've met me, I am a very bubbly person. I have a big personality. Um, But that's (laughs) why we love you. I'm a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, But I am a big personality and I'm a highly anxious person. So I run really anxious and I am bouncy and I am notorious, notoriously terrible for being still. And I especially don't like being in the quiet, being stuck with my thoughts. Um, And so I always hated the idea of yoga. I thought it was just the worst. Like who would want to just hold a pose in the quiet with like ethereal music playing? No, thank you. Um, And then I went to a yoga class one day with an instructor in our area. And it was just one of those moments in life where like you just feel fully inside your body and connected to yourself. And it was such a healing moment for me. And I was like, I need more of this. And so Mm -hmm. I started doing more yoga, going to more classes, and then reached a point where I was like, I feel like I want to teach yoga. (laughs) So I did the 200-hour CRT instruction training and got my certification and started teaching classes. And it was just, it's just something that I find so much joy in, and it really pushes me out of my comfort zone. 
And I also feel like yoga can be very intimidating and feel like it's not accessible to everyone. Like you have to have a certain type of body or you have to be this like really calm personality to be someone who does yoga and you don't have to. It's for every body, every personality. Mm -hmm. So making it accessible to everyone, I just thought was really beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. I think of like mindfulness when I hear you talking about being in touch with how your body feels in that moment and being present. And do you feel like it helped you in that area as well outside of yoga, like just being more mindful of your body in space? Yeah, it really helped me. The breath work that you do has been so incredibly helpful for me um, when I'm feeling like I'm in a stressful moment. And yeah, the mindfulness, being able to connect with your body for those of us that have had trauma in our life um, and are prone to dissociation, Mm -hmm. um, being able to come back into my body and be fully present in my body can be really hard for me, especially in seasons of stress. And having those tools has been so helpful. And I like having, helping giving my kids those tools has been helpful. It's just, I feel like it's so invaluable. Yeah. What are some of the tools that you've given your kids as far as yoga goes? Um, breath work. Um, I used to, I taught yoga kids classes for a while and my kids have just done yoga with me because you know, that's what you get when you have a mom who's a yoga instructor. (laughs) Um, but just like learning to sit and breathe and be present in your body and, you know, just connect with yourself, I think is really Mm -hmm. empowering. And so my kids still use some of the breath work tips that we did through practicing yoga together um, when they're in a stressful moment. One day, my middle child, Willow, was feeling really frustrated and I just cracked up because I just saw her go, okay, I'm ready. (laughs) Yeah, that's so good. (laughs) So it's cool to see those little things that just stick. Yeah, that's awesome. Is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners about parenting or trauma or adoption that you feel like we haven't touched on yet? I would say if you're thinking about going into foster care, um, make sure that you are willing to work on yourself because like I said, it totally just shines a light on all of your insecurities, all of your past hurts. Um, and it's, it takes a lot of intentionality to not then push that back toward them and actually work through it. And so, um, and I think as a mom in general, like taking care of yourself is so incredibly important self-care like because you can't pour from an empty cup and so if you're not taking care of yourself your body in all of the ways your soul your spirit your physical body Mm -hmm. are you sleeping are you drinking water are you taking care of your health um you know are you doing what you need to do to be okay because we're not giving our kids our best selves if we're not being our best selves and so it can feel really selfish and i think um we're told as parents so much, especially as moms, oh my gosh, I could go on about this all day, that we're supposed to be selfless. Mm -hmm. And that means you're like less yourself. You're giving up yourself for the sake of your children. And when you do that, you're not actually being the mom that your kids need. Yeah, They need a mom that is okay and fully present and able to give them what they need and that you can't be that if you're not taking care of yourself first. So allowing yourself to be selfish and care for your needs and ask for help when you need it is actually going to make you a better mom and be more better for your kids in the long run. 
Yeah, I love that. Hey, one thing I thought about as you were talking is um, we didn't really touch on this when you decided you were going to seek out counseling. How did you do that? How did you find a counselor? And then when you decided the first one was on a love match, what, how do you keep looking? Like, what was that process for you? Um, you know, I think a great way to find a counselor is to ask people that you trust, like, Hey, who do you know? Yeah. I didn't really have anyone to ask at the time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I Googled, I Googled okay. a lot. Yeah. I read reviews. I read what the, after the first counselor, cause the first counselor was kind of a one-off of like first one to pop up my insurance covered it. I'm just going to go for it. And then I was like, you know, I need to do more research. So when I looked for my second one, I read reviews, I read bios. Um, I did a lot of digging into to see like, do I align with them? What kind of count, like, what are they, what do they specialize in? Do they specialize in childhood trauma? You know, really just trying to find one that would be able to help me. And I lucked out and found a great one. Okay. That's helpful. Yeah. Okay. I have two final questions for you. Yes. Okay. Um, the first one is what do you wish people would ask about when it comes to trauma or foster care or adoption? I wish people would ask about, I think it's really easy to look at foster care as like this amazing thing that you're doing for kids, which you are, Mm -hmm. but I think you don't fully realize how incredibly hard it's going to be. So I wish people would ask more in-depth questions about um, what goes into it. What should I expect? You know, what are the things that people don't know? How, like, you know, asking, like, how did it affect your family when you became a foster parent? How did it affect your bio kids? You know, how did it affect your marriage? Like, there are so many aspects that I think people don't really think about, and they just kind of jump in blind. And I don't think there's any way to fully prepare yourself for the roller coaster that is foster (laughs) care and adoption. There's no manual, but I think just not going into it with rose-colored glasses of... And um, the rose-colored glasses of love cures all because it doesn't. (laughs) And there's so much intentionality that's required. And so I wish that people would be more curious about what it will take for them and the best way to support the kids as opposed to, I'm just doing this really amazing thing, Mm -hmm. which is true. But (laughs) it's deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Second question. What are three resources that you would recommend to our listeners to help them if they are just starting their journey of healing or in the midst of parenting? Yes. Okay. The book, The Body Keeps the Score. Okay. I think you Love should it. for yourself, for mm-hmm. the kids that you're going to have, um, the way that we hold trauma in our body and the way that that affects us. I think that that book is really incredible. Um, TBRI training, I cannot recommend enough for people who are looking into becoming foster or adoptive parents. Even if you're adopting a baby straight from birth, they're still going to have stuff. And so knowing how to parent them in a way that is supportive, um, even for bio kids, I think it is just invaluable. Anything by Brene Brown. Um, I feel like we're best friends, even though she doesn't know that I exist on this earth. Um, <laughs> Let's make that happen. Let's make that happen. Can we find her? I cannot recommend anything of hers enough. I yeah. go back to her books um, in different seasons of my life, and I feel like I always get more goodness um, just for like 
being the, the kindest person to myself, having empathy and understanding for others. Like, I just think that her books are so invaluable for your own personal growth. She's great. She's amazing. Is there one book that you would recommend over? I love her book, Rising Strong. Okay. I think about that one a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're also good. I don't I know. know. You can't, you can't lose, right? Yeah. Pick Just one up and pick one up it. and you'll win. Um, she has a smaller book. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Is it the gifts of imperfection? Yes, that's it. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That is a really good starter book with yep. her because it's just kind of a nice intro to who she is and everything from there. It's all amazing. Great. Yeah. Okay. The I best. will make sure that I link all of that in the show yeah. notes so everybody can find all the things. So good. Well, you're amazing, Cassie, and I appreciate Thanks. you sharing with us today. You're so wise and I just feel so blessed to know you. So same, same. Thank you. Okay. Well, have a super fabulous day. Stay warm. I will. You too. Okay. So much fun. I am so glad that you got to listen in on my conversation with Cassie today. I will be sharing links so that you can access all the books that we talked about. And also I will make sure that I add a link so that you can check out her podcast. As always, Refer a friend, let them know about this podcast, and I look forward to being here next week. I'm so excited that you found this podcast, and I hope you join me every week as you go through your own journey towards healing. One thing I truly believe in is that trauma awareness is so important to our future generations, and it starts with you.